You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Hi, I'm Claire Murphy. This is Mamma Mia's daily news podcast, The Quickie. And today, have you ever, and look, you're not alone here if you've ever thought this, wondered what it would be like if instead of rigorous testing and hard work, you just let athletes take all the performance-enhancing drugs they like and then unleash them in a competition against each other? I cannot fathom how dangerous this is going to be for the athletes who do choose to compete and, you know, has so many things around what that does to fertility and small testicles and all of these things. Well, that's happening for real. And we're going to speak to an Olympian to find out whether they'd consider doing it themselves. But before we get into that, here's the news for Wednesday, February 14. Just days out from the Eras Tour kicking off here in Australia, fans of Taylor Swift have had their Ticketek accounts hacked and their tickets resold without their permission. Hackers are accessing people's Ticketek accounts using information obtained from other sources, possibly through the dark web where people's details are often shared or sold after being stolen. They're also accessing those people's social media accounts and posting messages saying they're selling their tickets, then posting screenshots of their Ticketek account to prove they have them. Ticketek will set up pop-up customer service hubs at the MCG in Melbourne and a core stadium in Sydney from the Wednesday before each first show, so from today in Melbourne, to assist customers customers with their tickets. Officials say that Hamas and Israel are making progress towards another ceasefire and hostage and prisoner exchange as talks in Egypt continue. With Israel threatening to expand its offensive into Gaza's southern edge, where more than one million Palestinians have sought refuge, a ceasefire deal would give people in Gaza a desperately needed respite from the now five-month-old war and an offer of freedom for the more than 100 hostages still being held captive in Gaza. Egyptian officials say the meeting will focus on crafting a final draft of a six-week ceasefire deal with guarantees that the parties will continue negotiations towards a permanent ceasefire. Influencer and the partner of tennis star Taylor Fritz, Morgan Riddle, claims she was groped and harassed while attending the Super Bowl earlier this week. Riddle posted on social media that she can't believe the level of harassment she and her friends dealt with over the weekend in Vegas from grown men, saying over the three days she was in town for the event, she was groped, harassed, catcalled incessantly, and it was particularly bad at the game, saying she couldn't enjoy a minute of the football without being bothered by drunk, rude, gross male fans, and that it was strange stressful and scary. With data from many countries showing domestic violence and sexual assaults on women during and after major sporting event spikes, like the NRL State of Origin or AFL Grand Final here in Australia or English football in the UK, Riddle wrote that she hopes men seeing her post understand the gravity of their words and actions and that everyone's just there trying to watch a football game. Getting grabbed by grown men is scary. Just weeks after being handed her second Grammy, Kylie Minogue will be honoured at the Brits where she'll receive the Global Icon Award. Minogue says she is beyond thrilled to be honoured and to be joining a roll call of such incredible artists, saying the UK has always been a home away from home for her, the Brits having a very special place in her heart. Previous recipients of the award include David Bowie, Taylor Swift, Elton John and Robbie Williams. The Brits will be held on March 2, where Kylie will also perform on stage at the O2 Arena. That's the latest from the Quickie Newsroom. Ahead, we speak to Olympic gold medalist Libby Trickett about how she and others in the sporting world feel about the enhanced games, where there's no rules when it comes to taking performance-enhancing drugs.
Let's be honest, we've all thought it. What if we allowed athletes to take performance-enhancing drugs and then let them compete against fellow enhanced competitors? Well, a group of very rich men have created that reality, and at least one Aussie has already signed up. Swimmer James Magnuson came out recently as the first athlete in the world to publicly show interest in competing at the Enhanced Games, saying if the organisers put up $1 million for the 50-metre freestyle world record, he'll come on board as the first athlete. He followed that comment up with, I'll juice to the gills and I'll break it in six months. Magnuson has previously won Olympic gold, silver and bronze and is a dual 100-metre freestyle world champion. Does this decision taint that legacy? So who are behind these games and how can they afford to offer million-dollar prizes to competitors? The president of the Enhanced Games is Melbourne-born, London-based businessman Dr Aaron D'Souza. He read law at Oxford and has a PhD in intellectual property law. He says that Magnuson has the potential to show us what the human body, improved through science, is truly capable of. He confirmed that the prize money is on the table, saying they hope it will inspire Magnuson and other former Olympic heroes to sign up for the enhanced movement. He's joined by Dr Michael Sagner, an advisor on ageing research at King's College in London. The money is coming from D'Souza's very rich backers. Remember back in 2022 when we reported on a group of rich white men who are now obsessed with longevity? Basically, they're attempting to live as long as possible through something called biohacking, where they take supplements and do other things in order to extend their lives. There are features of people who live well into their old age. Now, one is genes. But in fact, one of the revolutions since World War II has been that genes matter less in terms of whether you live to 100 than how you live. Well, one of the guys who subscribes to this school of thought, German entrepreneur and investor Christian Angermeyer, is one of the co-founders. His mantra is build a future in which technology empowers people to live longer, healthier and happier lives. His investment group, Aperion's logo, is shaping the next human agenda. The other co-founder is German-American billionaire venture capitalist Peter Thiel. He also co-founded PayPal and was the first outside investor in Facebook. They're putting up the cash prizes for breaking world records. The first enhanced athlete to publicly break Usain Bolt's 100-metre world record will also score at least $1 million. D'Souza says they're also in negotiations with TV networks and streaming services to screen the inaugural event. There will obviously not be drug testing at these games, and therefore the records they break will not be ratified by any governing body of the sports. The organisers say that they will have their athletes undergo rigorous medical testing, including for pre-existing conditions that might be exacerbated by drug use. On their website, they have a myths and truths section where they explain steroid use. The myth, they say, is that steroids always have severe and irreversible side effects. The truth, they claim, is that when steroids are used properly in an environment with transparent information under the guidance of your physician, the likelihood and severity of adverse effects are mitigated and reduced. They touch on steroid use and infertility, saying it reverses after three months. They state that there's little evidence it causes tumours and quote studies that say steroids actually have positive impacts on the health of athletes, increasing muscle mass, strength and endurance, reducing the risk of injury and fatigue. That seems to be in complete misstep with the advice from places, including the Australian Alcohol and Drug Foundation. 
that lists the impacts of steroid use, including liver damage, kidney or prostate cancer, high blood pressure, depression, heart conditions, shrunken testicles and reduced fertility. Women can also experience facial hair growth, irregular periods, deepened voices, smaller breasts and an enlarged clitoris. There are also many stories, especially in the bodybuilding community, of steroid abuse leading to an athlete's death. We've also seen how steroids can change the sporting landscape. In the 1990s, for example, China conducted a state-sanctioned doping program of its athletes. Their female swimmers turned up on the pool deck of the 1994 championships looking noticeably different, their massive shoulders protruding from their swimsuits. That year, they won 12 of the 16 gold medals on offer and set five world records. Lin Lee edging out in front of Summer Sanders. It is going to be Lin Lee to 11.65, a new world record. Between 1990 and 1998, 28 Chinese swimmers tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs. When seven members of the team tested positive in late 1994, it drastically reduced the team, leading to just one swim gold at the 1996 Atlanta Olympic Games. At the 1998 World Championships in Perth, enough human growth hormone was found in one swimmer's bag to cover the entire team. But only she was sanctioned for it. Testing later found traces of a diuretic, a masking agent for certain drugs, in the urine of four other teammates. Russia has had 48 Olympic medals stripped due to drug violations, four times more than any other country. Again, doping in this instance is systemic and state-sponsored. The Russian anti-doping agency has been serving a suspension after running a state-sponsored doping operation and recently missed a deadline to hand over lab data to WADA. 100-metre Olympic champion Canadian Ben Johnson was stripped of his world record and gold medal at the Seoul Games after admitting he'd used drugs to keep up with his competitors. Good evening. The nation is in shock tonight over the downfall of a Canadian hero. His competitor in this case, the man who was handed that gold medal after coming second to Johnson, Carl Lewis, had also failed drug tests in the lead-up to that race, but was allowed to compete after the USOC accepted his claims that the drug use was inadvertent. When I came up with the tests that were the cold medicines, then all of a sudden it was like the aha, it was you too, yes. But what's interesting is that you're going to find people to find the story they want to find, because the reality is that what we had then was in cold medicine, then is not even on the list anymore. US sprinter Marion Jones was forced to give back the five medals she won at the Sydney 2000 Games. Jones well in front of Jay Singh and also Davis. Jones brilliant, 21.85, and the Aussies are about fifth and seventh. After a special investigation revealed widespread doping of Major League Baseball players and at least four other pro athletes. And after years of idolisation from the world, overcoming cancer and battling through all odds to return to the winner's circle, it was revealed that cyclist Lance Armstrong had been abusing performance-enhancing drugs in what the US anti-doping agency called the most sophisticated and successful doping program they had ever seen. I view this situation as um, one big lie that I repeated a lot of times. So we know drug use can influence world records. It can get athletes to the top of their game. But how do athletes feel about dropping the pretense of being clean and juicing up for the money? Libby Trickett is a three-time Olympic gold medalist and world record holder. She is the co-host of the Sports Social and Play On podcasts and Mamma Mia's own This Glorious Mess co-host. Libby, I guess we have to lead with the obvious question. 
would you do it? If you were still in competing shape, would you take part in the enhanced games? Oh, that's a great question. For me, the answer is very easy and the answer is no. It doesn't motivate me to get back in the pool. (laughs) The thought of me getting back in the pool is purely the desire to swim at like the Olympic Games. Like that is the thing that motivates me that is exciting. This is not me announcing my comeback, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get confused. Don't get confused. But if I was to come back, it would purely just to go back to the Olympics. Having said that, I understand why, as humans, we are fascinated and interested to see what something like the Enhanced Games would be. And (laughs) I'm very conflicted because I cannot fathom how dangerous this is going to be for the athletes who do choose to compete. And I really, really, really hope that it is done under medical supervision because that is the only way that I can kind of justify in my head for something like this to go ahead. Well, the organisers do say that they are going to be doing rigorous medical testing, including checking for pre-existing conditions. So if someone, say, has a heart problem that they're not aware of, then they obviously can't take performance-enhancing drugs in order to compete in these games. So if it does have the medical backing, do you think it would be safe to move forward with this? Because we've always been told that especially something like anabolic steroids can really mess with you, especially if you take them over a long period of time. Would it be okay, you think, if there is quite consistent medical testing across the board? I mean, this is the interesting thing, right? Like, they're going to be medically testing, apparently, but by the same token, people can just be pretty loose with it because you're not going to be barred, I guess, from performing. I don't think they would not allow someone to compete if they are, you know, shown to have any issues because I suppose that people can just make their own choices around this but it is it's dangerous you know there's loads of circumstances where people who were taking performance enhancing drugs died because it affected their heart and you know has so many things around what that does to fertility and small testicles and all of these things that happen that people I hope are fully aware rather than just looking at the monetary prize Personally, I would love to see if, you know, someone like a Netflix came on as a documentary. I think it would be interesting to see, hey, you've gotten really strong and really fast, but it's also impacted your liver or it's impacted your fertility or whatever it looks like. I would love to see that side of things because I think that's the draw of something of like the Olympics or the Paralympics is that these are the athletes who it is just them, it is just their bodies, it is just the amount of hard work that they've been able to put in and, you know, psychologically being able to prepare themselves for that one moment potentially of their lifetime. Well, what about looking at it from this angle? You've broken records and then have had them broken by others behind you. So you know what it's like to hold a record and then no longer hold a record. But what if those people who hold current records get them broken by people at these enhanced games? Do you feel like there's any feeling in that? Like, will people just be really quite hardline about, I am the record holder of the clean games? Like, there's going to become a real us and them kind of mentality here? Absolutely. There will, without a doubt, be that sort of mentality. I think what will be really interesting is to see if these people, in James Magnuson's word, juiced up to the gills 
And if they're not able to break the world records, I think that will be really interesting and really telling about the abilities of these athletes who are competing at the Olympics and Paralympics to be able to prove once and for all that it's not about performance enhancing drugs and it is really about an athlete and their work ethic and their ability to overcome you know nerves I kind of hope that's what happens Um, whether it does or not I don't know but there will definitely world records that potentially might happen through the enhanced games won't be ratified by the major organisations. It will definitely be that us versus them mentality. You've spoken about this before publicly. Drug testing when you're an athlete can be humiliating, invasive and just kind of annoying because it's constantly sort of part of your day-to-day life. How would it feel, though, to be able to kind of compete at the elite level and not have to deal with all of that? Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting but then by the same token they're going to be medically testing them so personally I would rather you know go through someone watching you wee and having blood tests regularly to ensure that I am clean and to ensure the people that I'm competing against are clean you know rather than getting medical testing to make sure that my heart's okay (laughs) because I'm taking you know anabolic steroids or something like that. I mean, it'll be interesting as well because a lot of retired athletes might see it as a path of continuing to perform and potentially earn money through that. And then the cynic in me also then gets worried that with more readily available performance-enhancing drugs is actually that they will then create less traceable drugs which will then seep into the Olympics and the Paralympics and that side of sport because they will get better. So that's something I didn't consider is that maybe the science will catch up to drug testing because they've got more examples to test it on. Correct. And that's scary. And the only other point that I would make as well, me as an adult, I absolutely will watch it. So, you know, they're tapping into that sort of deep-seated, true crime, voyeuristic, you know, trying to understand the world, what that looks like in terms of performance-enhancing drugs. Like, I will 100% watch it, but would I let my children watch it? Absolutely not. There was no way that I would want my children to look at these athletes as role models, which sounds terrible, but I don't want them to look up to them and go, oh, wow. I can go and compete at this games, earn loads of money for them to look up to that and aspire to that. And that may sound really harsh, but that really concerns me. I think that safety piece and what we're kind of putting on a pedestal as well. Thanks for listening today, friends. Let us know if you would be into watching the enhanced games and how it will make you feel about the sporting stars who get involved. Follow us on Instagram, Threads and Facebook. The Quickie is produced by me, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Callie Borg, with audio production by Tom Lyon. Listener.